In this episode of the Powder Coder Podcast, we introduce you to Danielle Miller and welcome her as our podcast's first resident guest. She's a media strategist who's well-versed in powder coding. Danielle has been featured in HubSpot and Huffington Post, and she's here to talk about what's now working in social media. Find out why using the newest features on Instagram will get you noticed and how to build a stellar profile. She explains how Pinterest can lead to website growth and why Facebook wants you to join a group. We'll also cover how to use partnerships to gain access to more followers and clients, as well as what the must-have hashtags are for powder coders. It's all about building marketing strategies for your brand on social. Let's get ready to level up your powder coder game. Welcome back to episode 11. I'm Kim Scott, your host of the Powder Coder podcast, where you're listening to uh, influencers and uh, we're interviewing and covering trending topics so that powder coders can effectively learn and grow their business. And today I am super stoked. I've got a girl on my side who has been my partner in social media and my group, my go-to guru. Uh, Fortunately, she resides right here in Maui, Hawaii. Uh, She's the owner of a top-rated social media marketing company here. Uh, Her mission is to help entrepreneurs anchor on results when it comes to marketing their businesses online. And uh, her articles and presentations have been mentioned in HubSpot social media today and social media examiner she's also a prolific pinterest uh producer (laughs) so to speak so welcome aboard uh danielle miller how are you today hey kim doing great super stoked to be on the powder coder podcast today and talk about marketing you know that's my my jam that's where i get nerdy Yeah, and you and I met back in 2015 when I was struggling with social media. I had not ever tried Instagram, didn't really know much about Facebook in in terms of business Facebook. Um, And you and I collaborated on a project together for another business I owned at the time and really kind of sidelined Maui Powderworks uh, because we hadn't really taken ourselves too seriously. And you were there for me. You had, you were there to review my, and give me feedback on my website, um, my approach to uh, the market, uh, my message to the market and who my audience was. So I, I really do thank you and appreciate everything that you've done for me And I know you you have something very valuable to share with our listeners today. So I'm happy that you're here. Thanks. Yeah, we have a lot of big changes happening on social media right now. And um, it made for perfect timing to hop on and let all the powder coders of the world know about what is the latest and greatest. What's what's working now? Yeah, and I think this perfectly segues with a lot of what our previous podcast was about with uh, Jace Kayser. Uh, from Kaiser Coding about how he 
um, markets his business um, and does social media and how he produces content for his, you know, on, on whatever platform he's using. Um, so I'm happy that we're here to discuss maybe a little bit more in detail about how to bring a balance to your social media because it can get overwhelming if you don't know where to start or how to do it. And also, how does that convert into leads and sales and new customers um, without having to spend a bazillion dollars just in advertising? And we're not going to really address advertising today. We're going to talk about just the organic reach that you can do um, if you, you know, with some of the things that we're going to talk about today, some of the uh, some of the ideas uh, that you can implement today in your business, right? Absolutely, and and help you get focused so you don't feel overwhelmed and you know kind of what what are the new trendy things and what are the tried and true things that are always working. Yeah, I think that that's kind of the problem is sometimes you can get really burnt out for those that have experience with Instagram and social media and what it's like out there already. We do, we are going to address some of the more advanced concepts as well in this podcast. Um, and, you know, for the new guys out there that need to get started, I hope to bring some, you know, maybe give you a little bit of encouragement or confidence that you can do this. Um, because, you know, if you've been on social media, you know, you know how exhausting it can be. And, um, you know, sometimes you just need to take a break and it's okay to do so. But when you take that break, uh, how do you jump back into it? What, you know, because as you know, social media changes all the time. Um, and so that's what we've got you here for is to give us the latest greatest on Facebook and Instagram. So let's, let's hop into this. Yes, let's dive right in. Okay, so uh, let's start with Instagram. And the reason I like to start there is because if you're somebody who is overwhelmed with creating content for every one of your platforms, then you need to be thinking of Instagram as the top platform that you create for and let the content you create on Instagram trickle down to your Facebook and trickle down to your Twitter and trickle down to your Pinterest. So let's start with Instagram. Uh, the latest and greatest on Instagram right now is Reels. And that is a contender for TikTok. It's basically um, just the same way that Instagram came in and copied Snapchat and integrated the same features that Snapchat offered right into the Instagram platform. They've now integrated a lot of the same features that were on TikTok right into Instagram with Reels. So Reels are at the moment still a bit clunky. But what's happening with them is if you're participating in Reels and creating Reels, you're actually getting um, a lot of preferential treatment in terms of getting your content featured on that Instagram Explorer tab. So we talked about, you know, today's focus really being organic reach, that unpaid reach, that reach that anybody can get as long as they're creating quality content. And the, the important thing here is that if you can get your content featured in that Explorer tab, then you have a very high chance of being introduced to a lot more people for free. It's like getting a free ad on Instagram. So the, the short and quick on Reels is that they are um, slightly longer videos that allow you to overlay text on top of your video and also do transitions between your um, videos. So, so you see sometimes people come in like, 
you might be showing a rim, right? You're showing a, a before and after is, is the concept of the reel. And you might show a rim, take a little video of it. Then when it comes out of the process and it's completely done and like right before you're giving it to the customer, you can now overlay that before picture of the rim, video of the rim, right with your brand new video of the rim and have it transition within this Instagram Reels video and um, overlay text that says, you know, this process took this long, um, but the, the result was amazing. And here's what the client had to say. Um, and you can fit all of that in, in as long as you can fit it in a short period of time, uh, they're really like the 15 second. Now you can go up to 30 seconds with your reel. Those are, those are really, really well received these days. Wow. So that's something new because I had been guessing about the reels and um, we kind of took a step back from Instagram and sure enough, right as we were moving into our new shop, that's right when reels were, was getting launched. And of course I missed out on the whole, like, what, what, what is that? <laughs> so it's good that we're talking about this. Um, I, of course I'm not on TikTok, um, but I know a lot of people are, and um, this is a great way to kind of learn a little bit more about, and maybe you just start with reels. You don't even have to, I don't know, do you have to build up your pro your profile first? I mean, do we want to kind of backtrack a little bit or uh, how would you, if someone wanted to get started or just maybe only has a handful of followers right now, do you suggest they go directly into reels or still continue to build up their profile? So I think it's great to do both simultaneously because um, as long as you're using the appropriate hashtags and whatnot in, in your posts, you're going to end up getting that organic reach and attracting your followers. And then with the reels, Instagram's going to place you in that Instagram Explorer feed if you're getting enough engagement on your reels. And for the followers that you already have, let's say you've in, you've done the thing where you've invited your customers, you've invited your friends and family, and you've made it up to maybe 250 followers on Instagram. You know, you're just getting started. Um, now you can really develop some tight relationships with those 250 people by participating in Reels because Instagram is going to show that content to those people you know, it kind of, it's like, it's almost as if it bypasses the algorithm um, right now because it's a new thing. They really want it to take off. So I would say, yeah, you got to get the basics, right? So you, you have to make sure your Instagram bio is solid. That means you're not telling people about what you offer in terms of services. And instead you're telling people why you're worth following on Instagram. Um, and also with your bio that you've got your website link in there because that's the only clickable link you're going to have on your Instagram account until you have 10,000 followers and that you've taken the initiative to go ahead and become an Instagram business profile so that you get the insights and analytics about your content because that's the only way you are going to know what's working and what's not so that you can focus your efforts on the things that are actually producing results. Yeah, I think, um, you know, you're hitting on some pretty key points about Instagram that I think commonly get overlooked um, in, in, from when I've looked at other coders' uh, profiles and stuff is this lack of the profile or, you know, lack of information on the profile. I know we've 
kind of hashtag stuffed uh, on our profile, uh, we've kind of put in powder coating as a hashtag within the profile. Is that not valid anymore to do, or do you still recommend that? I still recommend putting, let's say, one to two relevant hashtags in the profile, although honestly, I, I haven't seen the return come in. Um, I, there's no way to really track if your pro profile is really being featured under those hashtags. What I have found is that if somebody tends to follow that hashtag, then you are more likely to show up in the recommended profiles after they follow somebody else who's been using that hashtag. So that's kind of the benefit about putting it in your profile. But keep it short. You know, this isn't like when you stick those 30 hashtags in your caption or in your first comment. This is one or two core hashtags. I recommend one be geographic, right? So for, for us here in Maui, you're hashtagging Maui. Um, if you're in London, you're going to hashtag London, right? And the, the other one be industry specific. So powder coating, um, so, something very specific to the your style or aesthetic could also work. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, like if you're a specific kind of, like if you're just doing brake calipers or uh, certain kinds of rims or, you know, certain kinds of customers that have like, you know, uh, customized uh, race cars or something like that. So I, mm -hmm. okay, I, that makes sense. Totally. I mean, pander to your audience, really. I mean, who who is it that's coming to your shop and who do you want to get more business from? Yep. Okay. Definitely. And how, so do the reels translate into the fa Facebook feed or is it just still Instagram stories to Instagrams uh, to Facebook stories? So Instagram stories to Facebook stories is the is the flow. However, with reels, you have the ability when you're uploading them to send them to your story. So in that way, you can put a clip of your reel into your story and send that also to Facebook. Um, and that's one way to go ahead and reuse that content. Um, and, and in essence, just think of like with stories, for those of you who aren't using them yet, um, I want to encourage you to get ahead of the curve now because the trend is actually to post less and less in your newsfeed and post more and more in stories. So I'm seeing like the big influencers, the people who are really on top of the, the their Instagram game are posting where they used to post every day in their Instagram newsfeed. They're now posting like maybe two or three times a week in their newsfeed and posting every day in their stories. So that's how much more importance the the big players are putting on instagram stories right now um, and reels are going to complement your stories because you're able to share them directly to your stories in your feed okay well let's slow let's slow this roll down because now i've got an issue with that in a sense that it's harder to track the analytics in stories because the analytics in stories is not as robust as it is in the profile correct Oh, very true. Very true. I mean, you you're only getting 14 days history, first of all. So right. that's tough. Um, and you're really just seeing about, you know, who, who tapped forward, who tapped back. But what you will notice is that if you're more active in stories, within your insights, those that count of the people who are discovering you and doing profile visits those numbers change, those numbers increase, um, especially the profile visits, 
in, in direct messages, actually. So direct messages and profile visits are going to increase dramatically as a result of being more active in stories. Well, that's an interesting statistic there, you know, because that's really where, as a powder coder, that's where you want your people to go, your audience to go, definitely. Start that, start that conversation about RINs or how much for this or how much for that or, and also, you know, click through to my website or my, my landing page or whatever. So that's, that's really interesting. So that's what the statistic, that's what they're finding out uh, now. Yep. Yeah. That they're definitely, they, they have a heightened engagement and the action that you're taking on them is direct messages. So it instantly moves people from just being a commenter, you know, or just liking your post into starting a private direct message with them right off the bat, where you can start talking to them about their needs and answering their questions. Yeah. I hadn't noticed that before, but I'm going to have to start paying attention to that now because, um, you know, I was kind of getting that organically happening just with my profile pic, pic, pics and stuff in my feed. But uh, I'm going to, yeah, that, that definitely changes the way I'm going to approach Instagram now. And what about Facebook stories? Does anybody care? Or is that just something that is just another one of those Facebook features that nobody cares about? <laughs> um, so the short and skinny on Facebook stories is that they are at this point, they're just so easy to forward your Instagram stories to Facebook and you're getting featured at the top of the news feed. So every time someone opens their app, if you've posted to your Facebook stories recently, you're going to be one of the four or five stories featured at the top, which is an opportunity to get your brand in front of people. So if we're talking about easy wins, I would call Facebook stories an easy win. Um, it's not that you're going to necessarily get the get the direct message or get the sale from there, but it's like if you if someone's saying, "Hey, I'm going to give you a free billboard on the highway, as long as you give me the content that you want me to put on the billboard," would you take it? Sure, you know. So so I think the Facebook stories are an opportunity just to get get your brand in front of people again. Yeah, I, I that's a that's a valid point. All right. Well, okay. So, but let's move on to Facebook then. Yeah. Um, you know, we know how difficult it is to have a Facebook business page these days without having to spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in advertising every year. Um, any changes on that front? I mean, I, I see that there's user functionality that's changing for businesses to make it much easier to manage. Uh, other than that, what, what else has changed in Facebook or is that the change? So yeah, let's talk about that because that's a big one that people might not know about. Um, in terms of user functionality that's making it easier for people to manage their Facebook page, go to Google, type in Creator Studio, okay? Facebook Creator Studio is a free tool offered by Facebook that allows you to pre-schedule all of your Facebook posts and Instagram posts from a desktop computer or um, they have a kind of wonky app for the phone as well. And um, it's just really streamline, streamlines the process of getting your content posted. Plus it also keeps a record of all of your posts with their reach, their engagement, their comments um, that you can quickly look at. So I've found that using Creator Studio is a really nice tool for kind of systematizing your 
social media marketing in terms of like, you're going to sit down once a month or once a week and schedule out your posts for Instagram and Facebook so that, you know, you don't have to babysit your Facebook account. You know, you're just there really to monitor your notifications at that point. Um, and to the, to the other point, yeah, there's, there's a lot, of, there's a different change happening because a lot of business owners are getting super frustrated with the limited organic reach from their Facebook page. I mean, unless you're getting shares, it's really tough to reach people organically. You could, you could have worked your t tail off to get a following of a thousand people or 5,000 people and you're seeing your posts reach, you know, maybe 200, 300 people uh, that out of the thousand that have said, I really want to see your content. So the solution uh, right now, the trending thing and the thing that I see getting hotter and hotter are Facebook groups. So it's, it's no longer about having a Facebook business page that puts your business and your brand first. Instead, it's about being the admin um, and being in control of a community of people interested in a topic. So you create a Facebook group around, you know, um, well, you could do powder coating in, you know, London, right? So you could have a geographic region in an industry, or you could go specific and be like, you know, amazing rims spotted in Massachusetts, right? So in <laughs> Yeah, and, and by being the admin of a group where people can feel like they can share content into it and contribute, you're really building a community which is stronger than just building your own Facebook page, which is all about you. Well, I have to tell you, it's pretty interesting out there these days with powder coating and Facebook groups. Um, and the reason why they're exploding right now is because forms or... I don't want to say they're dead, but they're kind of what people used to go to for information. But it seems like powder coating is growing so quickly today that uh, it, it seems like the information that can come forward in a group can happen so quickly in order to get the answers to, you know, a post or like a troubleshooting post or or, hey, can you help me out with this? Or what should I try here? Hey, check out this, you know, project I did. Um, it, it's, it's kind of an all around for powder coaters to go today. And it seems like every time I look, there is a new uh, powder coating group started. Uh, even, I mean, it's just changing weekly. Um, hmm. To that, I, I, uh, what I am currently, at the time of this recording, blocked on one of a fast-growing powder coating uh, groups. <laughs> I just found out. So, uh, primarily because you know, I think that there are some sort of approach differences in the within the group, and um, it sort of had been building and maybe coming to a head. Uh, and that's the problem sometimes is you do have someone uh, that thinks of a group to be a certain way and then uh, it, it, it maybe changes or things, you know, people can disagree. Uh, but the thing is, is that of the reason why I got into Facebook groups is not just to promote my podcast or my content or any of that. It's just that I found that so many 
uh, of the of the existing groups could turn negative really quickly um, because it's competitive and um, it, rather than more helpful. And that I felt like a, there needed to be some kind of a force in there to kind of just answer the questions people had without uh, without any kind of slight or agenda or um, sales pitch kind of thing, right? Totally. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it can vary from group to group about what its content is. Most of the groups that are out there today are just general groups. Uh, they don't really have one slant or the other, but you've certainly given us ideas on how to uh, really focus in because the whole point of the groups is to be engaging and to get the questions answered or to get the help that you need um, quickly uh, because the forums sometimes can take too long to get that answer because you're based on people logging in or going there, going to that site. Whereas Facebook is just, the engagement level is just huge. Definitely. And Facebook has been pushing groups like crazy. So, you know, if you start your own group, even if you're starting kind of from scratch, if you can get that first wave of engagement and, and be posting on the regular and getting people to contribute to the discussion, they'll start recommending your group to everybody who has similar categories. And, um, and you can get your group to go pretty, pretty fast. I mean, I, it, it, the other thing I want to tell people about groups is like, a, you might think like, oh, I can't wait to have a group with like 10,000 members in it, or I can't wait to have a group with 100,000 members in it. Um, trust me, I've been an admin of a group with 10,000 members of it in it, and it sucks. It's super hard to manage. So get yourself to 100 members, get yourself to 250 members and do a freaking celebratory dance. Because honestly, if you can get really tight with 100 or 200 people, think about the referrals that could bring you, right? Like, don't look at the group members as the people who will become your customers. Look at them as people that are going to become your friends and want to refer you business. And that's going to take the pressure off for the sale and really do exactly what you said, Kim, which was put your value first. Put put out the priority to answer people's questions and just be of service first. And from there, the referrals will come in. So um, definitely, I like the idea of smaller, great groups that are, are super targeted in what they want to talk about. Yeah, I think that it's definitely opened up for powder coating um, subject matter. Uh, you know, in, in, in it's definitely working in a more positive direction, but um, yeah, not without its pitfalls uh, for sure, and and stuff, and and I'm sure the that we're working through it um, and stuff. But okay, so what are there any other platforms to, that we want to talk about today that um, changes are happening to? Well, after that intro, like, how could I not talk about Pinterest? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? So, um, yeah, I freaking love Pinterest. Uh, for those of you who think Pinterest is just for housewives and, and homemakers and people looking up recipes, like, you should look at the Pinterest report that most recently came out. They put out, Pinterest themselves put out their holiday guide and 
the amount of people that are on Pinterest with the intent to shop for things, for products or services, or plan big projects like, you know, updating their gate at their house or, um, you know, redoing their car. These things are super popular on Pinterest. And all you need to have a really great Pinterest presence is a stream of high quality photos and videos, which powder coders are getting all the freaking time. Every single time you guys have a project, you're getting sick photos of, of what you're creating. So yeah, uploading those to Pinterest, making sure that that image is linking back to your own website and then categorizing your pictures into however you like. You can do it by color. You can do it by um, item. Like you can have a board just about rims. You can have a board about architectural design. Um, That method of using Pinterest totally helps your SEO, okay? So for those of you who who didn't realize a killer Pinterest game is going to improve how you rank on Google because every time someone's repinning your images, it's creating more backlinks to your website and telling Google your website is full of awesome content. So Pinterest is great. (laughs) It is. is. Um, I think one of the hardest things about Pinterest is just learning the platform and it seemed like they had just done a recent change or update to their face you know to the face of it or to the the user experience level where I went there after a couple I mean it just I guess had happened recently everybody all the platforms are changing their game Facebook Instagram and it just seems like we're in that time period or that pattern or that you know that time where things change uh and I went there and it's like, even the, the app is different um, and stuff. And I just really had to reorient myself around it again. And I'm like, wait, this is like, it seemed like it was less of less user-friendly for the business poster or the, you know, and more user-friendly to the, to the pinner, I guess. And it should be, it, it that's what it's there for. But um as a, you know, trying to find my analytics or any of that stuff, it was, it was complex, but I think I do see some, um, Instagrammers, uh, have Pinterest accounts. Um, and it's not just those that are, and they're succeeding, even if they're not necessarily selling a product like, uh, a powder or, or, or some other related product to powder coating there, you know, they're just posting their Instagram or they're posting some pictures or a blog post or whatever. And I am seeing some other people doing it pretty well out there too, uh, and are getting that message. So, yeah, I think that's, that's a great way to end kind of the update on platforms and social media, because, um, it really, uh, it's a learning curve on Pinterest, just like Instagram and Facebook, but, uh, it's definitely, you, uh, the, the, of the featured features you've mentioned or the benefits, it's it's definitely uh, playing out in our game for sure. So talk about partnerships as we switch over um, to the next segment here. Um, what are partnerships? What are you talking about there? 
Yeah, right on. So with partnerships, um, the important thing to remember is like this discussion is all about organic reach, right? So we're, we're not talking about advertising. And when, when you're not dedicating money to an ad budget, you need to find other ways to quickly, re quickly reach audiences. And so a partnership could look like you partnering with, um, let's say you have some like B2B business, like there's another business out there that is a client of yours and you want to talk about their business. Like that's fan that's a fantastic partnership. And that might look like you're creating some posts on social media and tagging them in your posts and tagging them in your caption as well. And then like take it to stories, right? We talked about Instagram stories. If you are posting a picture of a product and you know the the partners that you work well with whether it's like the metal fabricators or it's somebody else in in the whole design process maybe it's an architect maybe it's a designer um you want to be tagging their accounts in your stories about projects that you guys have worked on together because it allows them in a single tap to reshare your story to all of their followers. So that's a super easy win for how to get big organic reach without spending ad dollars. I, I yeah, I mean, we've, we've actually done exactly that in our Instagram and in our blog posts and stuff. And it's amazing when I, especially on a blog post, uh, I'll look back at the analytics and, and it's amazing how many people have clicked on uh, that restaurant website or that welder's website. Um, and I can actually add up how many times people have clicked on it. Um, it's, uh, it works. And I think it's, you know, we've certainly, well, you know, not to get too deep because I know we, we're short on time, but um, we will be producing uh, top 25 uh, ideas that we've proven, you and I both have proven in powder coating, specifically to powder coating, um, a top 25 list uh, and how we can utilize this list of uh, post, different post types uh, for either Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest, and they all work fabulously. Um, but the main takeaway for social media is that you're educating your client or your audience, whether it's something like making an appointment or like how to make an appointment or how to book or how to drop off uh, rims. When do you come in? What do I need from you? Uh, do we, are we full service or do you need to take your rims off and bring them to us? Uh, what's the difference between someone that, you know, doesn't or does, you know, um, it also, I think I found that inspiration, um, in inspiring our audience to the potentialities of color or making your rims look new or, just giving people that inspiration that they need to like, yeah, I can get this done. Um, and then also just kind of telling your story is another one, or even just talking about your services uh, in, you know, or the backstory behind a project uh, sort of, you know, just uh, obsessing about those things. Would you agree? Oh, fully, fully. These days on social media, it's, it's all about nailing the story and, and being of service, meaning answering the frequently asked questions. Um, one of my favorite tips about 
kind of collecting those questions is um, a lot of us get those questions via email, like a customer, you know, maybe you're talking with a customer about a product and either they've, they've phoned you or they've emailed you and, and they've got a question like, you know, do I, do I need to take my rims off or you guys full service, you do that for me. And keep a little bank of those questions. So whether you're like BCCing another email address, like go into Gmail, create a like FAQs for my company at gmail.com and just BCC that email address every time you're answering a question for a customer that you've heard before that you think other people are going to have that same question. And all of a sudden you just go to that inbox, that FAQs for my company at gmail.com inbox. And like, it's full of all of these questions and pre-written answers that you can now copy and paste into your social media content. I've done that it, 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 in terms of like, especially sometimes when you have to go through a very lengthy email to explain to a customer, uh, particularly architectural customers, you know, cause they want to know more about, you know, the, the durability or longevity of the finish that you're giving them. And I can't tell you how many times I have written that same, same paragraph over and over ago. And I finally got, it straight and realized I should just save this and put it into a blog post, which I ended up doing on our gate post that we just put out on Pinterest about how to, how to get your gate finished. How do you, how do you, you know, from start to finish, do you get a pre-made gate or do you get a custom fab and what, you know, sub substrate do you use? What finish do you want? How do you do this? You know, and it turned into like a 2000 word, a blog post, which was amazing. I can't believe I actually had the time to write that thing. But uh, it, a landmark post, happy to have milestoned it, and I'm ready to put that one off to the side. So uh, before we wrap up, let's talk about one last thing, and that is hashtags, because that's where I see maybe uh, a lack of effort uh, about hashtags. Uh, which hashtags specifically do we use for the powder coater for custom coating? And we can go through, I have a list of them that I use. Um, and um, let's talk about hashtags. Yeah, sure. So the quick and dirty on hashtags is number one, you got to have a strategy. That's the thing is sometimes I don't think it's the lack of effort. I think it's simply a lack of strategy. People have no idea how to use them. Um, here's the deal. Here's the, the best tip, simplest tip I can give you for hashtags is stop using hashtags that have over 2 million posts associated with them. If you're, see, if you're using hashtag, you know, rainbow, and it's got 8 million posts associated with it, you are wasting one of your 30 hashtags, completely wasting it, because you will not show up in top posts for that. So all you're going to do with a hashtag like that is attract the spam commenters instead what i want you to do is get a little more creative like did you know that when you take a hashtag let's say like hashtag powder coating right and then you add an emoji to it that at that point it's actually a completely different hashtag so you might start to find niche hashtags that have only been used you know let's say fifty thousand posts or twenty thousand posts uh, associated with them. And those hashtags, you actually have a chance of showing up in top posts for them. And that should be your goal. Your goal should be to identify the hashtags, 
for which when you use them, your post gets in top post for that hashtag. That should make up like 20 of your 30 hashtags that you're using should be ones that you want to end up in top post for. So the other 10 hashtags that you're using, you're going to put a branded hashtag in there, you know, so hashtag Maui Powder Works or whatever your company is. Um, make sure you're branding your hashtag. You're also going to do like geographic hashtags. People forget about those all the time. Like definitely for us, you know, it's hashtag Maui Hawaii or it might be a town here or a town where you guys are located. Use your geographic hashtags. Then I want you to be thinking seasonal. Like what is in season right now? It's Halloween 2020, right? Start posting your orange rims and your, you know, any other products that you've done that are black or orange, like just start posting those pictures right now with hashtag Halloween 2020. And, and that's because right now that's a trending seasonal hashtag. Um, so, so those are my core three tips about hashtags. Oh, you know what? As soon as we post this, uh, I'm, I cannot wait to see and go to Instagram <laughs> and start to see exactly what you just said, uh, because I literally can see that sometimes in the groups and, uh, on Instagram is the minute we publish something on this podcast, people get right to it. Cause that was a brilliant tip. Uh, and it's so overlooked yet so easy. And so like, just like, duh. Uh, but you know, we get so wrapped up in the, in the day-to-day -day of just even taking a picture or, or doing a before and after, uh, it's, it's really hard just to get that going or get that started. I know that we've kind of uh, slacked off on our Instagram game. I, I'm looking forward to getting kind of right back in. In fact, I have it right on the, my top 10 lists of things to do this week is to get out three new posts and not just rely on a podcast post to put, put in my Instagram feed, but to really, you know, catch up with all the projects that Ross has done since we uh, moved into our new shop. But it, it's hard when you get off that horse uh, and that, that, that uh, rail line, and then you got to hop back on again. It's, it's hard to get back into it too, once you've been off. So it's, it's, uh, it's just a challenge, but it's also okay to just take a break and then listen to a podcast like this where we have an expert in uh, social media get us inspired to do more. Uh, well, that's awesome, Danielle. I think it's a great, this is a great place to just end um, and talk of, you know, uh, so tell us how do we get, you know, uh, how do we get a hold of you? What's your website? All that good stuff. Sure. You can find me everywhere at MMM social media. So website, mmmsocialmedia.com, Instagram at mmmsocialmedia, Facebook, facebook.com slash mmmsocialmedia. Same thing for Pinterest, mmmsocialmedia. So, um, and that's MMM, like, mmm, it tastes really good. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to see you guys there. And I do a ton of online workshops. So, you know, if you guys are looking for some serious training, that's pretty dang affordable. Um, I'm doing live stream workshops at least once a month. Oh, wow. Uh, that's something new because I've been seeing you like locally in like, uh, you know, public spaces where you have your cl in-class stuff. But I guess because of COVID-19, things have kind of changed up for you. Totally. Yep. We're doing a lot of online teaching this, this season. Well, that's good because I think your message is 
so well put and so easy to grasp. I, I mean, I obviously saw that in a lot of the classes that I attended, in, you know, in person, where you have completely changed someone's attitude towards social media. I know we all start up in these classes going, I don't know why I'm here. There's nothing that this pod, you know, that this uh, Instagram can do for me. I've tried, I've tried this, I've tried that. So uh, we always, I always walk away with something new and uh, a new understanding if, if, if it's, you know, uh, coming from whatever you're teaching. So thank you for that. And yes, you should go check out our website. I'll make sure to put a, a link in the podcast uh, page uh, so that you can click to it very easily. And uh, we'd like to thank our supported followers and fellow powder, powder coders out there. I hope you've learned something new about your Instagram game. Uh, and your powder coating business. Please uh, comment uh, below and uh, share the podcast. Follow us and uh, share it on Facebook groups. If you have a topic you'd like to discuss, just email us at info at MauiPowderWorks.com. Aloha.